Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, all the headlines and announcements from today's Microsoft Surface event. Robinhood wants to get into the crypto wallet game. Microsoft finds phishing as a service on the darker corners of the web. And a rundown of some new Facebook controversies. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The Microsoft Surface event was this morning, and there were a whole slew of devices announced. First up, Microsoft announced the Surface Pro 8 with a 13-inch, 120-hertz edge-to-edge display, quad-core Intel CPU, Thunderbolt 4, Surface Slim Pen 2, and a refreshed keyboard. Quoting The Verge, Microsoft is announcing the Surface Pro 8 today the biggest upgrade to its Intel-powered Surface Pro lineup since the Surface Pro 3 in 2014. While we've seen tweaks to the design of the Surface Pro for seven years, the Surface Pro 8 jumps to a 120Hz display with thinner bezels, Thunderbolt 4 support, and a new keyboard that neatly houses an upgraded Surface Slim Pen 2. Microsoft's Surface Pro 8 has taken most of the best parts of the Surface Pro X and paired them with an Intel chip. It's the Surface Pro we've been waiting years for. The 13-inch Pixel Sense Flow display, as Microsoft calls it, is larger than the 12.3-inch display found on most other Surface Pro devices, and it has a higher resolution, too. The display also supports Dolby Vision and adaptive color technology. The bigger display helps reduce the bezels on the sides of the Surface Pro 8, making it look closer to the Surface Pro X, but the most important part of the Pro 8's display is the fact that it's now 120 hertz. While it will run at 60 hertz by default, the display will jump up to 120 hertz dynamically for touch or stylus tasks. The separate Surface Pro signature keyboard also now includes a new Surface Slim Pen 2 that's similar to the keyboard and stylus combo found on the Surface Pro X. The stylus charges in the keyboard base and includes a built-in haptic motor that attempts to replicate the feeling of writing on paper. This new stylus also has reduced latency and better precision thanks to a redesigned tip. Inside is where the Surface Pro 8 gets even more interesting. Microsoft is finally supporting Thunderbolt 4 here and dropping the aging USB-A port. The Pro 8 will ship with two USB-C Thunderbolt 4 ports and the usual Surface Connect port for charging. That means you can connect the Surface Pro 8 to multiple 4K displays, use high-speed external storage, or even connect up to an external GPU to turn this tablet into a gaming PC. The Surface Pro 8 will also ship with Intel's 11th Gen quad-core processors and up to 32 gigabytes of RAM, end quote. Microsoft also announced the Surface Go 3 with 10.5-inch display, updated Intel CPUs for up to 60% better performance because of more RAM and 10th Gen Intel CPUs, though, as The Verge points out, this is basically just a spec bump, quote, The device looks identical to the Surface Go 2. There's one significant difference, new Intel processors. Microsoft says the chip bump will make the Surface Go an even more powerful device for out-and-about use, 60% faster than its predecessor. The device runs Windows 11, and the camera supports Windows Hello facial recognition, end quote. Next, Microsoft unveiled the Surface Duo 2. It's got an 8.3-inch 90Hz display, a new triple rear camera system, Snapdragon 888, 5G, Android 11, and on and on. As Brad Sams tweeted, this is basically everything for the Surface Duo, but better. Or as The Verge put it, the Surface Duo 2 has all the features that were missing in the first generation, so is the second try the charm. Quote, 
The Surface Duo 2, which is available in the same white color as the first gen, plus a new black option, has two displays connected by a hinge that allows you to open it like a book or prop it up like a tent. Combined, the two displays measure 8.3 inches diagonally, and both of them feature a faster 90 hertz refresh rate. A slight curve on the screen allows it to be viewed when the Duo 2 is closed, showing you time and missed notifications. Covering the screens is Corning Glass. Inside one half of the device is the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 processor, a significant upgrade over the 855 chip that was in the first version. It also supports 5G connectivity, another upgrade from the 4G radio that was in the first Duo. Microsoft says it's the thinnest 5G device on the market. The original Surface Duo was laden with a single camera above the right screen, and frankly, it was terrible and one of the weakest points of the hardware. This time around, Microsoft has installed a proper three-camera system on the outside of the Duo 2 with a standard wide, ultra-wide, and telephoto camera system. All three cameras have 12 megapixel resolution, with the wide and telephoto lens also featuring optical image stabilization. Of course, the main pitch with the Duo line of products is productivity, since it's essentially two standard smartphones connected by a hinge. That's not changing this year, and Microsoft says it has come up with more optimizations for sharing information between the two screens and spreading a single app across them. The company says 150 games, including Asphalt Legends 9, Modern Combat 5, and Dungeon Hunter 5, are optimized for using one screen as a controller while viewing the game itself on the other screen, end quote. And then, the new Surface Laptop Studio, Microsoft's new flagship laptop, the successor to the Surface Book line. It's got a 14.4-inch, 120-hertz display, Thunderbolt 4, haptic trackpad, NVIDIA GPU, but the transformability of this device is the real headline, quoting The Verge. The most immediate and obvious change to this Surface Book successor is the display and hinge. The 14.4-inch display supports up to 120Hz and Dolby Vision. Microsoft is using a new flexible hinge, which it says is durable and allows this laptop to transition between modes much like the larger Surface Duo. The Surface Laptop Studio supports three modes, Laptop, Stage, and Studio. The laptop mode arranges the display just like a regular laptop with a full keyboard and a new touchpad with haptics. The stage mode is where things get interesting, as you can pull the display forward to an angle that's designed for gaming, streaming, or presenting. This will cover the keyboard, and the angle is more suited toward watching Netflix or playing games, touching the display, or using the new Surface Slim Pen 2 for digital inking, end quote. Actually, I don't know if words can really describe this adequately. You might need to check the video, but imagine a laptop. You open it up like a laptop keyboard, trackpad, the whole nine. Then you can pull the screen forward so that it's sort of tense or triangles over the keyboard, and that's the stage mode. But then you can slide it all the way down for a regular tablet form factor. Microsoft is calling it a whole new laptop category, quoting again. Microsoft's final mode is Studio, and just as the name implies, it's designed for writing, sketching, and anything else creative. Microsoft is carefully avoiding calling this tablet mode, as the Surface Laptop Studio isn't exactly lightweight at nearly 4 pounds, and it's 0.7 inches thick. I never removed the Surface Book display when using it, so I feel like this new laptop studio design rightly keeps the primary focus on laptop modes, while offering some versatility for those who are fans of inking. To me, it looks like a more elegant version of Acer's Ezel range of laptops. Unlike the Surface Book, Microsoft has moved the majority of components to the base of the Surface Laptop Studio. That will certainly help with the sturdiness of the laptop, but it does mean any potential heat will be dissipated onto your lap. The base also neatly houses the Surface Slim Pen 2, which is surprisingly sold separately. Intel's quad-core 11th-gen Core 
i5 or Core i7 processors are available to power the Surface Laptop Studio. The Core i5 models will ship with Intel Iris G graphics, while the Core i7 variants will include NVIDIA's RTX 3050 Ti GPU with 4GB of VRAM. There will be options between 16GB and 32GB of RAM and up to 2TB of removable SSD storage. All of these specs do make the Surface Laptop Studio very capable of running the latest PC games. Microsoft has traditionally shied away from promoting the Surface Book as a full gaming laptop, but the company leans into this idea with the Surface Laptop Studio. Just like the Surface Pro 8, Microsoft is moving to Thunderbolt 4 on the Surface Laptop Studio. There will be two USB 4 ports with Thunderbolt 4 and the usual Surface Connect charging port and 3.5mm headphone jack. The Thunderbolt support means you can connect the Surface Laptop Studio to multiple 4K displays, use high-speed external storage, or even use an external GPU enclosure to turn this device into a full gaming PC. End quote. Everything will apparently be available on October 5th when Windows 11 launches, but you can pre-order today. Weirdly, in the entire event, Microsoft didn't mention prices a single time for even a single device, but I did see right before coming into the booth here that the Surface Laptop Studio starts at $1,599.99, and I would have to imagine that if the pre-order websites are going live right now as we speak, you'll be able to see all the other pricing by the time you hear these words. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at cutsclothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. Cutsclothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com ride 
to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide dot com slash ride. Robinhood says it will test crypto wallets with select users starting next month, letting investors trade, send, receive, and hold digital currencies, quoting CNBC. The newly public brokerage is testing crypto wallets with select clients next month, the company announced in a blog post on Wednesday. The so-called wallet will allow investors to trade, send, and receive digital currencies as well as move them in and out of the Robinhood app. The startup debuted cryptocurrency trading three years ago, but it has become increasingly important to the company's top line. Last quarter, more than half of Robinhood's transaction-based revenue came from cryptocurrency trading, up from just 3% a year earlier. The new wallets will let clients consolidate their digital coins into one account. Clients can then trade, send, and receive cryptocurrencies to and from other wallet addresses. Rivals Coinbase and Gemini already offer this feature. Bloomberg News first reported Robinhood's plans to roll out this feature in a beta version of the trading app. Robinhood also said a new feature that allows the setup of recurring crypto investments is live on the app on Wednesday. Clients can schedule a crypto purchase commission-free for as low as $1, end quote. Real quick security story for you. Microsoft says it has uncovered a massive phishing operation offering so-called phishing-as-a-service subscriptions or one-time tools based on over 120 templates ranging in price from 80 to 100 bucks. Quoting the record, known as Bulletproof Link, Bullet Profit Link, or Anthrax, the service is currently advertised on underground cybercrime forums. The service is an evolution on phishing kits, which are collections of phishing pages and templates imitating the login forms of known companies. Bulletproof Link takes this to a whole new level by providing built-in hosting and email sending services as well. Customers register on the Bulletproof Link portal by paying a fee of $800, and the Bulletproof Link operators handle everything else for them. These services include setting up a web page to host the phishing site, installing the phishing template itself, configuring domain URLs for the phishing sites, sending the actual phishing emails to desired victims, collecting credentials from attacks, and then delivering the stolen logins to paying customers at the end of the week. If criminal groups want to vary their phishing templates, the Bulletproof Link Gang also runs a separate store store where threat actors can buy new templates to use in their attacks with prices ranging from $80 to $100 per each new template. Roughly 120 different phishing templates are available on the Bulletproof Link store as seen by the record today. In addition, the site also hosts tutorials to help customers use the service. Microsoft described the entire operation as technically advanced with the group often using hacked sites to host its phishing pages." End quote. Finally today, more Facebook controversies, though this first one seems to be controversial in its own right in some quarters. Some folks seem to think that maybe the details have been gotten wrong with this story, but sources are telling the Wall Street Journal that last month, Mark Zuckerberg agreed to show users positive stories about Facebook in the Facebook news feed. Facebook says it ran a small test with labeled posts, but, quote, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's chief executive, signed off last month on a new initiative codenamed Project Amplify. 
The effort, which was hatched at an internal meeting in January, had a specific purpose, to use Facebook's newsfeed, the site's most important digital real estate, to show people positive stories about the social network. The idea was that pushing pro-Facebook news items, some of them written by the company, would improve its image in the eyes of its users, three people with knowledge of the effort said. But the move was sensitive because Facebook had not previously positioned the newsfeed as a place where it burnished its own reputation. Several executives at the meeting were shocked by the proposal one attendee said. Facebook executives concluding that their methods of combating PR controversy had done little to quell criticism or win supporters decided earlier this year to go on the offensive, said six current and former employees who declined to be identified for fear of reprisal. Quote, they're realizing that no one else is going to come to their defense, so they need to do it and say it themselves, said Katie Harboth, a former Facebook public policy director. Joe Osborne, a Facebook spokesman, denied that the company had changed its approach. Quote, people deserve to know the steps we're taking to address the different issues facing our company, and we're going to share those steps widely, he said in a statement, end quote. Meanwhile, Facebook's oversight board wants the company to explain its so-called cross-check system, which reportedly lets celebrities, politicians, and others break its rules, quoting Engadget. In light of recent developments, we are looking into the degree to which Facebook has been fully forthcoming in its responses in relation to cross-check, including the practice of whitelisting, the board said in a statement. We expect to receive a briefing from Facebook in the coming days, and we'll be reporting what we hear from this as part of our first release of quarterly transparency reports, which we will publish in October, end quote. The statement comes one week after the Wall Street Journal reported on internal memos that raise significant issues with the cross-check system. Facebook has said the rules are meant to provide an extra layer of scrutiny to potential rule-breaking posts from high-profile accounts. But according to the Wall Street Journal, those extra checks are often very delayed or don't happen at all, effectively allowing famous people to break the platform's rules without consequences. The report also stated that Facebook had, quote, misled the oversight board when it said it was not feasible to share more information about cross-check and that the system only impacted a small number of accounts. It's not clear how much more information Facebook plans to share with the oversight Oversight board. The company declined to comment on the board's statement, but the Oversight Board says it will publish its first transparency report next month, which will provide an update on cross-check, as well as its assessment of how Facebook is following its recommendations, end quote. So get your popcorn ready for that, I guess. And finally, one more thing, Facebook shareholders are alleging that Facebook conditioned its $5 billion Cambridge Analytica settlement with the FTC on the condition that the FTC drop plans to sue and depose Mark Zuckerberg himself. Quoting Politico, In suits made public Tuesday, two groups of shareholders claimed that members of Facebook's board allowed the company to overpay on its fine in order to protect Zuckerberg, the company's founder and largest shareholder. The complaints, which cite internal discussions among Facebook's board members, were filed in Delaware Court of Chancery last month. Quote, Zuckerberg, Sandberg, and other Facebook directors agreed to authorize a multi-billion dollar settlement with the FTC as an express quid pro quo to protect Zuckerberg from being named in the the FTC's complaint, made subject to personal liability or even required to sit for a deposition, one of the suits alleged. In February 2019, the FTC sent Facebook's lawyers a draft complaint that named both the company and Zuckerberg personally as a defendant, the shareholders said. The FTC also said in court that Facebook's fine would have been closer to $106 million, not billion, but the company agreed to the $5 billion penalty to avoid having Zuckerberg or Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg deposed and any liability for the CEO, the suit alleged, end quote. 
Man, so much news today. It's another one of those days where I could have done a complete second episode. Maybe we'll get to some of those stories that I missed tomorrow. Talk to you then. 